Hello and welcome back to the State of Play podcast, episode 118. I'm your host, Pep Barisha, and I'm joined by Martino Puccio. How are you good, doing? Good, good. Happy I don't have to host this time around. I'm much better in the in the co-host space where I could deflect and also I just made the coffee, which I haven't had a sip of. I, you know, I'd, I'd say the weekend was good, but you know when you're in like a title race for shit and everyone plays and... No one of significance in the title race dropped points that could have because there was the big Atalanta-Napoli match where they're missing three key players and Napoli wins 3-1 to and then Inter go into Torino and win for the first time since 2013 naturally after both of these sides kept dropping points against teams they never should have, but the matches that they more than likely should have dropped points, they don't. Like, it's, it's just frustrating, and now... We play Bologna today. And you guys play as well, which I'm going to be watching um, simultaneously. Yeah, it feels good that uh, playing football means something from an (laughs) Arsenal or Milan perspective. Um, Because I feel like at different times, both the clubs were... I mean, Arsenal in the last three years, maybe Milan a bit before that, um, were, (laughs) that, were, were basically like... Just in kind of not a good spot. And um, I mean, speaking of not a good spot, Martino, it's been great mm. for Milan, but for Italy, it's oh, not yeah, been Yeah, as that good. happened too. So, really? Do you I want mean, to touch I've on had that a, a little miserable bit? Like, sports week. So I could just give the whole lowdown on this and explain some of the contextual, like contextualize some of the stuff for you because you have no fucking clue what was happening over the weekend. Um, so, okay, we'll, we'll start with Italy. First and foremost, missing a, a second straight World Cup. I the the World Cup will be taking place in 2026 right by me in America. The final will be in New Jersey. Obviously, World Cup expansion. Just to put it into perspective of this, right? It will be 2026. The last time Italy played a knockout match in the World Cup is 2006. It's pretty widely known at this point. It's gonna be 20 years in between knockout games for Italy. I'll be in my 30s, man. It's from age 11, I'm going to be 31 at the time of that taking place, which is insane to me. It is. wild, Um, Baseball news, something you don't really care about. Basically, my Thierry Henry just got hurt for the second consecutive years, and and there was hope for something turning around, but basically he's he's breaking down right now as a player, and then everyone is just getting hurt. Jacob DeGrom, put it this way, his best seasons are statistically the greatest seasons of all time. In, in baseball for pitchers, oh, so damn. think about 100-plus year history. Either way, um, and then on Saturday night, Duke-UNC, if you follow March Madness whatsoever, put it this way, it, it, it's very equivalent to, to Juve and Milan facing off in the 2003 Champions League final, but, you know, I was eight years old at that time, so you kind of don't understand the gravity of that situation. You just think, like, that kind of usually happens. Well, the first time in March Madness's history, UNC and Duke face off against each other, and that's the biggest rivalry um, in all of... Uh, probably a top-two rivalry in American sports, no joke. Yeah, so uh, that happens, and, and today we'll see what happens. So it's a new week, so maybe it won't be as bad as, as it was, but this is why we hate international break over here, man. It's just just miserable. I know that carried on a lot, but it's a lot of shit that happened. Uh but oh, man. heading into this World Cup, like how are you how are you feeling about this now? Another favorable draw. We didn't even talk about USA England again. Uh, <laughs> I'm just bringing up the World Cup groups now, um, so I don't get them wrong. But I 
was actually out when I saw the draw and I was like, it's got to be, right? It's obviously, it's going to be England and the US in, in the um, in the same group and it's going to be good. I mean, like the Twitter band has already flown. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can, I don't um, even want to com- comment on some of the jokes that both sides make. They're horrendous. <laughs> that shouldn't be made. Um, I mean, listen, we get pretty decent times for these matches for us um, in, in the States. So... Not too much to complain about there. You should you should win the group easily. It's not even it's not even. Yeah, I, I mean I mean look like Iran and the US, and then it's either Ukraine, Scotland, or Wales. So I don't want to face. I, it's it's so like it's tough because like you don't know what the Ukrainian situation is going to be. On paper, I think they're the best out of those three teams that can make it in. They're a very solid mm. side. They're not. Yeah, I I mean the other side of it is like Scotland look looked okay when they played in they the Euros, score. but like Wales with, yeah, but like Wales with Bale and Ramsey, I think they're the ones that would scare me the most. Like I, I, I don't think I'd be scared of Ukraine or Scotland, but Wales with those two players, they can hurt you. I mean, Dan James isn't the best, I, I, but like he is really, really quick. international player. You don't, you don't need these guys to he's, be great. He's, like you see how great Ochoa was no. for Mexico for years. That guy, that guy's not even close <laughs> to a top 10 goalkeeper. It, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, I think we yeah. finished second, and then we've we've, yeah, I I think you definitely have a shot there. Um, I mean, there's not really any crazy groups. No, I mean, Group A: Qatar, Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. So, what I would you be? You know, what before we start? <laughs> I know it's so funny. We didn't even start. Yet. What would be your group of death in this whole competition? I had Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon as my group of death. I thought I. There, there's a couple yeah. of groups that like you could argue are the group of death in this, but I don't think there was a clear cut one in the past. You know, like in the Euros, it was Portugal, France, Germany, Hungary. Like that's yeah, ever yeah, so yeah. clearly the group of death. For this, I don't, I don't get that. But that's partially to do with you know a couple of major countries missing out on the competition. I guess I, you know, like we have a different conversation if Portugal and Italy take care of who they're supposed to take care of. And they get in, and then we have some of those like second or B teams sneak in, and and then we're, all of a sudden the competition as a whole looks stronger on paper. But yeah, I mean, it, it looks pretty comfortable for a lot of the big teams going into this. I mean, like you'd think Netherlands come out of their group, you'd think England come out of their group, you think Argentina pretty comfortably, and France, Spain, Belgium, Brazil. And probably, I mean, Portugal is the only, Brazil and Portugal maybe the ones that are a bit trickier, but still, Brazil, um, they have so much firepower, so you'd think... You think they're the rightful favorites for this? Because by betting betting odds, they are the favorite for this tournament. You guys are right behind them. Um, And then there's France, yeah. And then it's France, right? I mean, look, like, I, I don't think France are as strong as they were when they won the World Cup. Or even when they were at the Euros, like. But when you do have probably, the I think this is the best world. version of him. But um, Pep, he just had five goal contributions yesterday, and I don't, and I don't yeah. care. I don't yeah. care who they play. <laughs> I don't care who they play. Yeah, because he does it like, in the Champions League as well. Right? So, yeah, the guys, the guys, clearly the best. Um, and is how many, how many, how many France goals does Mappe have? Um, you know what's really funny? Depending on. Uh, Olivier Giroud could be the all-time leading scorer if he keeps getting these opportunities, he could, he could. which again uh, resurfaces yeah. my whole argument uh, that we need to 
rearrange how we view international rules because we can't we can't keep going mm. on like these numbers are ridiculous especially as the way international football has developed in the sense that the groups have gotten bigger and easier for qualification you have to play more games and you play worse quality and then there's the nations league and then only only blah, count blah, blah. qualifiers and tournament matches do not count nations league for me I, you kind of have to because it's recognized but to me, I don't yeah. value that the same as a World Cup goal. It just there's just nothing that compares to it because we're kind of sitting at this point where we're gonna have dumb kids making arguments saying, "Oh, look, Lukaku has a way better goal scoring record in international play over the Brazilian Ronaldo. Clearly, he is a better player based off of that yeah. statistic, which is you know is gonna happen. Not perhaps that, but also example. like what one of them had more importance. Goal. Not to say it would be uh, that, that like example Michael. specifically, but when it's going to come down to like players that are viewed closely or similarly, like Neymar and Ronaldinho is going to be like the perfect one that people are going to use all the time. Yeah. You know, Ronaldinho's a 10. So, yes, let's compare goals. Um, I mean, look, World Cup, very interesting. We're going to have lots more content about that throughout the year. So I don't want to dwell on it too much. Um, obviously everyone would have done lots of reactive content on that, um, throughout this week and last week. So we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of go into something else, which is previewing the UCL. So some good fixtures here to set us up for maybe an all time great semi-final Martino. Do you think this quarterfinal is, is kind of cut and dry? I mean, there is probably one quote unquote contentious draw, but even then I think, you view one of those teams as favourites. So, like, let's go Let's go through them. Um, so, first of all, we've got Benfica-Liverpool tomorrow and Man City-Atletico-Madrid tomorrow as well. Um, I think this is one of those clear-cut ones, or should be. Liverpool were incredibly mediocre versus Inter. Inter is a much tougher defensive yeah. side than people want to let on. And they had a pretty solid UCL campaign. Like, Real Madrid, as we've seen, that are going to be... Definitely, possibly going to a semifinal if you know things break their way. I, don't, I personally don't think so. I don't like the way they've been playing in 2022. I think that was more on the PSG collapse than it was, you know, Benzema just channeling God mode for 10 minutes. Yeah, for me, Liverpool, I, they got everything they need. Is Sadio Mane ever on a bigger high right now? Like, think about that. Liverpool have two of the top five left wingers in the world. At this current moment, based on form, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they've got three of the top scorers in the Premier League, like three of the top, is it six or seven? Like Salah, Jota, or Jota and Mane. It's just, and then, you know, Luis Diaz. He's the best player you're bringing um, off of the bench Harvey, in the world right now. Firmino, Harvey Elliott, like they, they've, they're stacked. And um, it's, uh, I, I think this game, tie. or this tie will be done after really? the first leg, to be fair. Um, and and I think Man City will probably follow suit and do the business over Atletico. I think this is going to be one step too far for Atletico. Like they did really well against Man United. I think they dug it out, and that's put them on track in La Liga. I think as well they've they've kind of gotten back into some form. Um, but I think this is where their their road. Stop. I mean, listen, man. Again, if City if City can't can't do that. Atleti are not a great team. They're always ones that could grind out and, and keep things close. Um, and I do think the away goals is more in the favor of an Atletico. 
um, at these times because they just have to keep it close over 180 minutes is their thing. It's not even like we have to keep it close for 90 minutes at one spot. I still think City go through. I think Liverpool go through. I th- Initially, when it came out, I had three English slides in, in the semis, but keep moving then, I guess, to that. <laughs> A good segue. I guess I'll just say it. Chelsea, Real Madrid. This one's the most interesting out of, out of the out of the four. How's mm-hmm. it not, right? Really, they're they're the epitome of form in the league has zero correlation to do with what you do in uh, the Champions League because Chelsea are probably the most inconsistent good Premier League team this season, if that makes sense. Out of, uh, out of yeah. the side that's in the top four, they've you you could argue Arsenal's definitely been more consistent than they have this whole season and. And as far as the other two, that's pretty obvious what they've done. Real Madrid had an amazing start in 2021 and turn to 2022. I think their lead has been so big in La Liga that it's going to really be hard to see them blow it. Benzema's mm. had the best season of his career. Like, got like, I mean, Crazy. he hit 30 goals uh, this uh, this weekend. Uh, <laughs> does it, does it right? change your perspective on him as a player? When you look, when you look, when you look uh, back no, on I've some always... of the other teams that he was playing for now, when you, how you view Real Madrid, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've I've always mm-hmm. been super high on Benzema. I think you guys know this, but I I, I think that, you know that there's this thing about like, oh well, he was a number nine and doesn't score that many goals, blah blah. And uh, well, he was playing with the greatest goal scorer of all time. Like it's and 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 when he played with him, they won. They they were the most successful side of all time. I think it's very hard to argue with Karen Benzema's done exactly what he's needed to do for his team to be as good as they can be. Because this is not a great Real Madrid side, right? They are really, they have some really, really good and experienced players. They have winners in there, but there are some players that are mm. way past their prime. There are some players that just aren't that great. I mean, they've signed David Aladver to play centre back when he's not. And there's a couple of players who are player, just not I, I, fully there yet as a like, complete product. So like Kamavinga, yeah. Vinny. They're not. They're not completely there. Yeah. Where they're from start to end. And Vinicius Junior's had a great season for Real Madrid, but he is on the bench for Liverpool. Let's be honest, right? For example, and I think that's the kind of difference between Real Madrid's second best player being someone that wouldn't get into a Liverpool side compared to a Liverpool. And I think there's that gap still between I think Liverpool, City, and pretty much the rest. Like I, th- I think even think. Bayern are too. They've been amazing. They've been amazing. They had one poor game this whole campaign when they drew Salzburg, right? For for the Champions League specifically. Been very inconsistent. They had the bizarre scenario over the weekend. Did you see when they had 12 players on the pitch at one point? And they were like, they're like, yeah, yeah. points deduction potentially for Bayern. Like it matters. (laughs) Ridiculous. Like, uh, but also, come on, if you're going to deduct points, like, do it for something that is What do you want to just meaningful. harm their goal differential, I guess? I don't know. Like, that matters either. This, but it's really tough, Chelsea, Real Madrid. Ah, dude, I, I, don't, I don't know where to go. Tactically, I think managerial edge at this point, Tuchel, Chelsea. Defense, Chelsea. Um, goalkeeper, I guess you could say it's evened out, right? Midfield, where are you going? I mean, I think... If the big three at Madrid play, it's Madrid. But like, I I don't know. Like, is Casemiro Chelsea, today better than Kovacic right now? I think Casemiro is a better six, but like they play different positions. But who's had a better season? I think Kovacic um, could argue has had a better season. Probably he probably has, but he's not done anything in the second half of the season. Like Chelsea haven't no. been good for a little while. I know they went on a little bit of a run recently, like, but 
they against like Brentford decimated them. They deserved to win four one. Like as soon as they went to a four at the back and Rudiger suddenly can't defend. Shock back three tacks. We've we've said it all along. Like the guy isn't a world class centre back. He's a very good one, but you know there's been some numbers touted that he wants a. 20 million signing on fee and 10 million. And, 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 and yeah. Chelsea yeah, must be yeah. laughing, Chelsea their laughing their asses off. And of course, the one club that can afford to grab him, Pat, is Barcelona, naturally. It just makes so much sense. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, yeah. They've just moved, moved yeah. a few things around and they've got him, right? And then, I, I guess, gun to head, Martino, how do you think this pans out? Do you think Chelsea are going to get through? Is it, this is it. This is what I've come down to. And it's incredibly lazy, but that's why I'm so it's so difficult for me. The one team and one club who constantly thrives in fucking chaos in this competition is Chelsea. When you always think True. there's, it, it's clear, like when you look at something face value, like last year with Chelsea, did you, gun to your head, did you have Chelsea winning the, the Champions League? No, it was City, right? Everyone was going with City. Um, even even in 2012, right? The spring of 2012 when they, when they won. Um, mm. No one had them doing that. They were terrible in the Premier League. They're outside the top five. Uh, Roberto Di Matteo, who's never done anything in his life, um, manages Chelsea to their first ever chance. <laughs> and Ryan I mean, Bertrand. Listen, little different situation. This is really off the pitch stuff instead of on the pitch because on the pitch they're also woeful. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I'll go with Chelsea with the chaos. But if you told me Real Madrid advance, I wouldn't be shocked. Like it's just, I, I really respect what they do in ter- like that. What we saw. Uh, against PSG right there. That's the type of winning mentality that no one in this competition has. No one no one can do what they did against PSG, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think where you have that inferior of a side on paper and you have aging superstars come off the bench and be the best players on the pitch and just turn a game around in 10 minutes. I, I, I truly don't think any other side could do that in the Champions League. Maybe Liverpool, maybe. City, I don't think, is capable of that. I think City is just, they have to be dominant from start to finish. I've never seen City do anything like that. They, they never have. And it's not to be disrespectful. It's not to say they can't win the Champions League. What I'm saying is, when you have the odds against you, when you played so garbage in the first leg of that tie, to come back and, and, and do that. And again, I think the away goals thing matters at this point. It changes the whole approach for how sides go into these matches. I'm going with Chelsea, but if Real Madrid were to make the semifinal, like don't don't look at me shocked. I'm not going to look at you shocked. It's yeah. I'm going to actually go for okay. Real Madrid. I think for this team, this Chelsea team, I I don't know. Like you know, the Brentford game could be an anomaly, but like I always felt that as soon as the off the pitch stuff started, if they creep, mm. they might crumble. And there's a chance, right? Even in the league, Arsenal still have to go to Stamford Bridge. I know Chelsea have a really really easy run in, but you thought Brentford was an easy game and they lost four one. So there's there's a chance that Chelsea could get caught up into the top four race. Like it's totally possible, but let's see. I just think there's something about Karen Benzema this season, and I don't think Chelsea have a player that can make a difference in the same way he does. No, who's it um, going to be? Havertz, and, false nine has been their best forward this season. Yeah, and even he's got, what, 15 goals and assists this season, which is great. I, it's it's age, inconsistency. We're talking about the Champions League quarterfinals. It's not, you're not ripping on the guy. It's like now you have to step up. And, and last but not least, Bayern for Villarreal. I mean, props to Emery getting this far, but um, 
I mean, Emery, Emery tax catches you up, right? And uh... I mean, I mean, the fact that he made it to a quarterfinals is great enough. And and oh, I mean, I mean, it, well, yeah. Season, well, well, we could say that almost every other season. Whenever he's playing in the Champions um, <laughs> yes, he knocked out Juve. I I think he did everything I I, I would have asked this guy to do this year, <laughs> and on a personal level, I think this is going to be a, a like a, like a beatdown pet. I'm talking like eight to eight two level. Yeah. Of, of, of stuff Ooh. i i really do believe that because right now i think Bayern's in this very odd spot where this is just my opinion of it if dortmund couldn't pick up the slack and put on pressure in bundesliga on Bayern this season they know it's never going to happen because holland is leaving now like the biggest threat they could have had jude bellingham is going to be leaving by at least next summer right like he's gone next summer mm-hmm. um at the very least and and it's like why do, why should I care about doing anything in Bundesliga when we could just field an eleven out there, just kind of like not go through the motions, but we don't even have to worry or fret on certain losses against garbage sides like Augsburg and I forgot the other team that they lost to at one point where they let up like three goals in the first sixty something minutes. It was insane. Was it Armenia? Uh, Armenia yeah, something. Insane. And it was like insane. Sort of. And to me, it's like. They flip a switch. They're like, okay, Champions League, this is mm. what we want. They, they have, Dom and Liverpool have the opportunity to move into second place all the time for Champions League. That's something to chase. That's something mm. to chase. And Bayern yeah. have the easiest matchup out of all these teams. I think Villarreal is worse than Benfica. I think Benfica did a nice job beating Ajax, but no. I think I think Bayern's going to beat them down. This is not, they're going to they're gonna walk mm. them like their dog. I, this is, I think this is going to be bad. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they'll they'll be beaten mm. fairly truly, and um, Bayern will progress. And then we've got a very tasty semi-finals lined up, don't we? Which will just be blockbuster, really. And um, I mean, who have you got going all the way here, Martina? I think Liverpool have been the best team. The relative, I don't know. It's I think they've been the best team in the Champions League, but it's more and but it's really about a lack of trust for City. It's really hard, Pet, to come back. And win the Champions League final the year after you lost it. Few times have we seen it. Yeah. Liverpool did it against Real Madrid. Milan did. Milan I mean, they, they, they missed it the year of um, 2006. Excuse me. Um, Bayern, I believe, did it twice when when they lost to Chelsea. They came back and beat Dortmund. They lost the tr- uh, they lost to Manchester United, and I believe they won in 2000. And then and just going back, teams just don't do it, man. They don't. It's really difficult to, to to come back from. They've had a ton of blows. They have this pressure in the Premier League of blowing that as well. And and Pet, that I believe that matches this coming weekend, right? On Sunday? I mean, dude, I don't I don't I don't trust Man City. I personally am leaning Liverpool. Mm. I think Liverpool's gonna do it. I think this might finally I, be. Man I City hope so, too. man. I don't want anyone tying me on. Or seven, yeah. very possible. <laughs> Fair enough. Let, let's m- switch gears a little bit from the Champions League, Martino, to Serie A because mm. this is becoming. I guess it could have become a four-horse race last night, potentially, but it didn't. You're saying if there one. was a draw, uh, maybe if Juve okay. won. Do you think? Um, maybe I don't know because Inter, Inter, I, and Juve I, have I, got I quite think, easy running. I think that so. could have been a nail in the coffin for Inter if they lost that one, like of of like the title race because. Mm. They're refusing to pl- replay this match against Bologna. They keep trying to take it to the courts to delay it. And my whole thing is like, okay, you keep delaying, but if you don't get it, you're going to have a really condensed schedule towards the end. They still have another cup semifinal against us, 
which they're the home team. They didn't score any goals in away goals. We could end up beating them. We haven't lost to them in a few matches. We have a little bit more of a favorable schedule, but for me, it it was such a massive win for Napoli that you you see that go down for them, and it's great, right? Going into Atalanta, missing Victor Oshman, missing Di Lorenzo, Rahmani is another one. You win three to one. It's amazing. Yeah, it it, it just really is. But then you see wins like that they've done before, like against Juve in Torino, the year that they did fall short. My only thing is like. Do they have that usual slip up against weaker sides that they usually do? Do we have enough today? Like what happens today against Bologna? There's an angle that Bologna comes out fighting harder than they ever had because Mihailovic's leukemia came back and he's in the hospital resting. Mm. Uh, So hopefully he gets better. But like you're running into teams like that. And but I mean, I'm looking at Milan's mm. uh, fixtures here. Yeah, so you got yeah. Bologna at home, then Torino. They've won. Away, they've won like Gnero one time in like the past ten years away to Torino, which was last season. Um, <laughs> but Torino aren't. Looking they're not. Amazing. But they've gotten results at home so, against Juve, and they should have fucking gotten one a better result against Inter, where Inter got away with like the most ridiculous penalty in Bolotti. I mean, and then the running though, Martino is quite hard after that. Lazio away. Fiorentina at home, Verona Fiorentina away, Atalanta at home. Fiorentina don't scare dangerous. me. Verona and then Sassuolo. Sassuolo is the only one that well. really scares me, and the the Lazio one because they're hard to play away. But we've decimated Lazio every single time we faced them this season. Like it's been a full on beatdown. And sorry, like they're they're not a good side. And like they're just not. I'm sorry, the Roma clubs are not good sides. There's a lot of not top sides in this. For me, it's. Where are they after this international break mentally? Are they ready for this home stretch of games where you just have your foot on the gas and you take it match by match where you're playing almost once a week? The only the only time that you kind of have to play in between is the 19th um, and then you play Lazio on the Sunday. I think they could do this. I think I think they could do this. My my confidence level is like maybe at like a five or a six at this point. They have that nice three-point gap, but... And so let's look at Inter's fixtures really quickly, uh, Martino. League, Verona at home, Spezia away, Roma at home, Bologna away, Udinese away, Empoli at home, Cagliari away. And Udinese is a really home. tough I mean, one. A lot they've, of, they've been giving everyone a I really mean, tough time all season. Yeah, they've always been defensively astute and quite annoying to play against, but a lot of kind of three-pointer bankers there. Um, for instance, maybe I don't think I don't think they're finishing there. I don't think well, they're a top finishing so anyway. side. They had to get a they, they had two penalties and a half against Juve just to beat them away. Uh, they weren't really as threatening. Like there was a lot of instances there could have been penalties not called. To me, circle my calendar on April twenty fourth. How is it not a classic Mourinho fixture to screw over his former team? Even if he has love for Inter, how can he not? Like and and by the way, <clears throat> if we look at the table, Roma's only five points out with seven matches to go for a top four spot. You don't think Mourinho can push for this? Like he, they can, man. And I, I don't think they're that good of a side. But Tammy Abraham's arguably been the best striker in the league outside of Vlahovic, and definitely been better in 2022 than him. I don't see. I I always thought Inter all along should be winning this title. I don't think there's any excuses. Payroll on paper, best defense. They might not have the best goalkeeper, but their fullback depth is amazing. They have good enough finishers up top. 
They've spent enough money with Correa, Hakan. I mean, Brozovic and Barella are one of the best midfields in the league, uh, especially when you look at like high end, maybe not depth wise. Milan, I think we have better depth uh, considering who we could bring off the bench. But as a, as a neutral, I guess I have to ask you, like, what do you see going down? I know you're higher on us than than I've been because I'm more of the negative uh, type and Matt's a little bit more of the optimistic uh, I I I don't know. Like I think it's going to go right down to the wire. I was just getting up Napoli's fixtures now. Uh, yeah, I mean Fiorentina at home, Roma at home, Empoli away, Sassuolo at home, Torino away, Genoa, Genoa, Genoa. at home, and Spezia <laughs> away. I mean <laughs> Genoa, Genoa. I don't know. Um, so I mean, look, like, and then does some have to be a rearranged? Because that's only one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Oh no, it's only they've only got seven left. But that is. I mean the next the next two are pretty tough, but like Um Genoa fighting off relegation, second to last match of the season. Um they've been getting a lot of Hey man, we saw what happened. Sassuolo um coined the Robin Hood of Serie A. They take points from the rich and, and give them back to the poor, so <laughs> um which has been a common theme for them. I I think I think it's a three teamer. People, like some Juve fans thought they had a chance in this. They're not in this picture. I'm sorry. They're, you're not in this race. You're not in this race. Um, and, a, and considering Locatelli got hurt, I don't think they're like Cagliari, Bologna, Fiorentina in the second thing. Sassuolo, they could easily drop to Venezia, Genoa, Lazio, yeah, Lazio Fiorentina at the end. Um, can you imagine Fiorentina, Juve, final match of the season? Juve have top four hopes on the line again. Man, Fiorentina wanting to... They're going to do everything they can to ruin that opportunity if they could. Um, okay, gun to your head. These top three, who's winning the title and why? I think Inter are going to win it. I think they've had their blip. And I was just... I was kind of just watching like the, the Juve game and I was like, there's always a game in a season which kind of defines the season, if that makes sense. I think for Milan, Milan will point to... Uh, you know, either the Juve game or the or the Milan game, um, not the Inter game, sorry. But for Inter, it was this one. Then it's because they played pretty like Juve yeah. played the best I've seen <laughs> yeah, them play really for good, yeah. years, right? Years, and um, they. It, I the thing was, I was I've watched a very young Arsenal team all season, and the thing I saw from that Inter team, that game was like this is like a bunch of men like with really big experience at the highest level with a chip on their shoulder trying to go and win this. Like, I mean, you look at, you know, Skriniar, Brozovic, uh, Dzeko, like they were just unbelievable in that game. De Vries was great as well, but Skriniar, like, you know, pocketed Vlahovic. I think Dzeko won every, every header in his own box, um, led the line really, really well. Um, he needed to because Latara basically hardly touched the ball. I think Kanoglu was good. I mean... Yeah, not very good. Not very good. Don't think he's getting a big move anytime soon. I, I just I just think that maturity and experience might see them over the line. And um, I, I, I do think it's going to come down to that. I last think we've just been battle-tested, really that we've shown a lot of growth from last year because we were out already this time last year. Regardless of what injuries there were, we're really healthy now. We're not really missing anyone. It's just Kier. Um, ben Asser has been the best player in Serie A, arguably, in 2022. I mean, oh my God! I, I don't know how much you've watched of the games. Um, I know you watch a good amount for sure, but what he's been able to do, and it's and it's a proper two week rest in a way for some of these players. There, it just really depends, I guess, what we do in attack. We've had some issues finishing, 
but there's no doubt we've had the best one of the best defenses. At this point, it's really like, can we take advantage of our chances because we blew a lot of these fixtures, like against the Lernitana and, you know, the Spezias of the world, where the finishing was so woeful that it cost us two points here, two points there. Um, But the finishing (laughs) against Napoli and Inter make up for it. And that's kind of the funny way to look at it. Wow, just lost my voice through that sentence. The funny way to look at it is like, you head into a few matches where you have Salernitana, Spezia, Napoli, and Inter, right? And I ask you prior to to that, Pet, what's a good point result out of those four matches for Milan, right? You want three points for Spezia, Salernitana, six, maybe a draw against one of the two sides where you play in a derby and you're away to Napoli. You're like, yeah, seven, 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 seven eight points is great. They had seven points, but it came from one point from Salernitana and Spezia, and six points from Napoli and Inter. And it changes the whole perspective of it. It was like, damn, mm. we got six points against the two sides that we shouldn't have, and we only got one point against the two sides that were terrible. And it's kind of like, was it a missed opportunity, <laughs> or bigger picture yeah. was, we kind of did what was going to happen anyways, but it was in a reverse order. And and it, it again, that's up to your perspective. For me, Milan's too big of a club that you can't accept that. You should have got nine nine points, ten points. Maybe a draw versus one of those sides where they play the game of their lives. I think Inter with the game in hand has the advantage. I do. I, I think they're. I think they're just going to edge it out. And knowing the Ooh. way sports go for me, usually this is going to be a heartbreak. But we inched ever so closer to getting Champions League again, and that's. I don't think that should get lost in sight for Milan fans because the financials are more important than anything at this point. Because you could look at like where Inter's project is headed. Yeah, if they repeat Pet, that's great for them. But it's not great outlook. They still lost a top manager and they lost two massive players for them. You know, building this the right way, bigger picture is great. But it's going to be hard for fans to swallow if they lost the title. It's just straight up what it is. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they've had a tough six or seven games. And that I just feel that that Juventus game was turning of the corner if you beat a Juventus that played that well I think defensively and offensively Juventus were great and um you ground you think it's out. more of a morale or a tactical boost I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a morale because I don't think Inter were doing anything bad tactically I mean you can you can correct me if I'm wrong but like I just think they lost a bit of that uh a bit of the momentum and a bit of the energy and I I, I think that that morale and um you know, it, it will definitely mean something. Now, every single fixture is going to mean so much, like we talked about it earlier. And having that edge in your play compared to a few teams that maybe don't have anything to play for is going to be massive between now and the end of the season. And um, I just think that maturity and experience will see them through. I think if they don't win, I think Milan will, just because I think Napoli are probably the most inconsistent out of the three. But then again, right, like, you, you can't really predict Victor Osman coming back from injury and then just scoring winners, winner after winner, right? You can't really predict. There's something about this Napoli team that whenever the going gets tough, in terms of you think, oh, that's a tough game without Osman, without him, without they, blah, blah, blah. They've blah. been hanging around. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Usually they implode, and I, I kind of, for my sake, I hope they do, right? But unselfishly, I kind of hope for their fans that it doesn't go down to the second to last match again where they lose out on it. That's so demoralizing. Because this is on the last hurrah for a couple of these players. Like Meriton's gonna stay, Insigne gonna stay, Kula staying. I mean, I mean Insigne's obviously gone, but like Kula gonna stay. 
Now it's really turning into this newer era of Napoli. And it kind of feels like in a sense with some of these fans that are like, this is the last chance that we're ever going to see really for a few years our push. Because a lot of their fans think like that. There's obviously the optimists who are, I think some are kind of delusional and they think the way things were going for the past 10 years are going to continue to go that way. It just doesn't run like that. I think they're going to be like a top four CL competitor, but to win titles like that, they're losing two of their best ever players soon. And a lot of guys like Kula Bali, like where are they going to find another Kula Bali, man? <laughs> you don't really. That's like a once in a generation. Dude, we're, ta- we're talking about like top five players of all time for Napoli have left them within the past five years. And it's going to be continue a bigger exodus. And, and I kind of worry that they might not be able to reload. Fabian has a year left on his contract. Where is he going to go? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone, dude. He's gone. I, I think he is. Zielinski, baller. Victor has to prove that he's not injury prone as well, right? I and mean, he's had some freak injuries, to be fair. They ha- right? He has. He has. But he has to stay healthy. Oh, crap. I just spilled so much coffee. But he has to stay healthy. But he and has on to that stay note. <laughs> and on that note, that's so much. I have to get a oh. towel. I'm going on mute. You can go do your thing and wrap us up. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the State of Play podcast. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone. You can find uh, me at Pet Barisha on Twitter, um, P-E-T-B-E-R-I-S-H-A. And you can find Martino at Martino Puccio. And you can find us at uh, State of Play pod. So, yeah, we'll catch you next time on the State of Play podcast. Yeah, never talk with your hands.